And good day, everybody. Welcome, episode 122, Talking Furs Podcast. Ben Fadden, your host. Right now, it is 10:17 p.m. Eastern Time, 7:17 Pacific. Uh, as I start this episode, uh, a lot of moves could happen. Moves could happen right now uh, as I'm recording this. So I definitely have my phone handy, uh, ref- you know, refreshing any uh, Twitter announcements because Twitter has been active today more active than yesterday where I had that three-hour live stream on YouTube uh, where no moves were made. Uh, I love communicating with you guys, Padre fans who ask questions and all that, but it wasn't really the same as it it could have been if moves were made and the excitement level was amazingly high. I was excited, but as the stream went on, it was like you, you, I I was kind of just like done uh, just sitting there trying to anticipate moves because I wanted a, a move to be made. You know, I was excited, wanted a move to be made. You think of A.J. Preller, you think of a, a general manager who goes out as aggressive and makes moves. But I guess when I was done and I was uploading it, sitting back, and it's, I guess you kind of realize, like, yeah, there are other agents out there. There are other, or there's, you know, agents of these players out there who have other teams hitting them up and expressing interest. And it's not so easy just to tell one team, uh, no, the Padres already made this offer when that other team has an offer that your player is interested in. So there's a lot of variables here. It it looks like they didn't uh, violate any of the lockout stuff. Uh, in terms of general managers speaking with free agents when they weren't supposed to or speaking with their agents when they weren't supposed to. So I guess that's good news for AJ. Uh, But because I know he's had, what, a month suspension before with the whole medicals thing with the, what was it, the Drew Pomerantz trade, I think, to the Red Sox or something. Um, So it looks like he's followed the rules. Uh, It's not like the NBA where it's, a four o'clock deadline or the four o'clock window opens for free agency and, and, and Woj already has like five drafted tweets up. So, uh, but today is March 11th. Thank you for joining Apple podcast, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, it is, uh, still late at night in uh, San Diego. So if you're watching this or listening to this on Friday, this is a perfect time uh, because maybe there's a reaction later uh, of some news or maybe there's not. And it's just a good update video on what's happened, what is happening surrounding the Padres, interest level, uh, some guys that pitched today in spring training, spring training schedule got out. Uh, before we get to that, though, get to our sponsor, Gaglione Bros, famous cheese sticks and subs. That is the sponsor of episode 122. Of the Talking Fires podcast. They're located down the third baseline uh, by the Valley Sports San Diego pregame postgame booth uh, at Peco Park in the upper deck as well. So starting April 14th, that home opener against the Atlanta Braves, you can go down there, get yourself some cheesesteaks and garlic fries. You can get it in a helmet, I believe. I think that's one of the options, if I remember correctly. Uh, they also have two 
locations in Sports Arena at Point Loma. So on April 7th, opening day before the Padres take on the Diamondbacks, if you want to go get yourself a cheesesteak uh, and sit on the couch and enjoy some Padre baseball, there you go. Go ahead. Uh, so they're the sponsor, gaglionbros.com. All right, getting into the news today, a lot of news happened. Uh, it seemed like yesterday was more of like the precursor to today, like a lot of the preliminary discussions, just general managers and all that, catching up with agents and players on if you still are looking for this specific contract or have other teams jumped into the mix. Maybe teams have changed their game plans. <clears throat> Marlins uh, is based on Jeter stepping down. That maybe those teams might spend less money. So maybe Castellanos has one less suitor or something like that. So a lot of things maybe were changing. And so I feel like yesterday was a big update day on where teams stand, where players stand. Uh, but there were more moves today. But I do want to start out with Mackenzie Gore. Just like I usually do, a timeline of what's been happening uh, today. Again, 7.22 p.m. Pacific time. Mackenzie Gore pitched a couple innings in Peoria uh, on the backfields. He was on the 40-man roster. So during the lockout, he cannot communicate with Ruben Niebla or any of the new Padres pitching staff. So this was like his first time that he could show up at the facility Don that Padre uniform, that new Padre spring training cap, whatever you think of it. Um, I believe it's available to purchase. I'm not too big of a uh, fan of the mesh, but that's not the story here. Mackenzie Gore's the story. Pitched on backfields. Uh, he touched 99 miles an hour with his fastball. Kevin Acey said he was on or around the plate, so meaning he was throwing it over the plate. Uh, or around the strike zone, it seems like. Uh, I believe there were a few change-ups that were thrown in there. Uh, so that is good news. And for the YouTube audience, I'm going to share my screen here to show you some video if you have not seen it yet. This is Mackenzie Gore on the backfield. Jeff Sanders, I mean, quote, uh, shout out to him with this uh, quote, uh, th this tweet that he had in the video of Gore saying, gorgeous day. You know, emphasizing the gore and not spelling gorgeous right, but putting gore and then just just trying to describe it for the audio people. But here's Mackenzie Gore. We enlarge it here. So what I take from this as the video audience right now is watching this video that Jeff Sanders put out. It's a shortened arm delivery arm. That's what that's what I notice is it's more of a shortened. Arm action. It's not as long, you know, the leg kick is still there. There were reports last year, I think, that he was like shortening the leg kick. To me, the leg kick's still there. Uh, he's not, I forget if he went over his head usually, like for the windup, uh, but he had, he's not doing it there. Again, he touched 99, I think it was like 96 to 99 miles per hour on his fastball. Originally, he threw, I think, a couple innings. And, I mean, all signs pointed out really, really well. So it's very, very encouraging. Uh, I, I don't I want to – I'm not going to overreact. Maybe some people are being sarcastic, but I saw on Twitter 
uh, like this was a bounce back year for Gore and all that. They were confident now seeing this stuff. And I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to overreact to a a uh, spring training, not even a real spring training game, but just him throwing to live batters. It was to live batters, but to no-name guys, really. Uh, I'm not going to react to him throwing 99-mile-an-hour fastballs on backfields when major leaguers haven't even really got there to spring training. Uh, voluntarily, you, players could have started reporting today and Gore voluntarily reported. Pitchers usually, they want as much time as possible with the shortened spring training schedule, which we'll get to here in this episode because that was released today. Um, but this is an encouraging sign uh, because you don't want him coming out on the first day and throwing 91 mile an hour fastballs and not being able to throw strikes on a backfield where there's no fans like that wouldn't be encouraging. Uh, So it's a step in the right direction. Uh, Obviously this means nothing really in the grand scheme of things because he, I'm we're going to judge what he does and if he can bounce back and really provide innings at the big league level for the Padres, we're going to judge him and make our decision on that in the spring training games. Will he get pulled like he did last year uh, and not be able to even finish innings because he's just not throwing strikes, walking guys, the pitch counts too high up. Uh, Again, I really doubt, I put it at like a 1% chance that he's on the big league team just because everyone's healthy. Seems like coming back and we'll get to Clevenger as well. I think Uh, that was some quotes that Bob Melvin had today. Uh, him and Lamette, but guys are coming back. They're healthy. So that adds more arms and puts people higher on the totem pole in terms of making the major league roster over Gore because they are major league, they're already major leaguers, period. And Gore has not proved that he can get AAA guys out consistently yet. So it's a small step in the right direction, but it is a it is a right step in the direction in the right direction, if you do get what I'm saying. So that's the McKenzie Gore news right now. I did want to get to Joe Buck. This is not really Potters related, but maybe it is. If they end up playing in a World Series or Fox has NLCS and the Potters are in it, hopefully, Joe Buck is not going to be calling those games anymore. As Andrew Marchand in the New York Post reported that Joe Buck leaving Fox for ESPN to do Monday Night Football with Troy Aikman. That was earlier today. That report came out. So no more Joe Buck World Series. I think he's done it since 1998, I think. I wasn't born then, but obviously that was the Padre Yankee World Series. Uh, I think he's done it with Tim McCarver, obviously John Smoltz recently. Uh, So I'm not a fan. If you know me, I'm not a fan of Joe Buck calling baseball games. Uh, I think while people might like his voice and all that, and he has all of those World Series called and all that stuff, and he's called Super Bowls, and he's just a well-known voice. I think there's some times where it comes out where it's like, all right, well, yeah, this guy's been doing football and not focusing on baseball. Now, I know that's his job. That's what Fox cares about more. Let's just be honest. They care more about football than they do baseball. 
but they weren't willing to give Joe Buck what, like 15 million a year, like with the range of what ESPN's wanting to give them. So props to ESPN. I mean, they're going to have the best tandems in terms of football broadcast announcer. You got the Manning cast and then that. But this is not a football broadcast. What's relevant here is that Joe Buck won't be calling World Series games anymore for Fox. I nominate Mr. Don Orsillo. I put that out there. I saw Marchand's uh, article in the post about Kevin Burkhart might, might step uh, in there for the NFL booth. I think he's best on the pregame World Series booth with Poppy and A-Rod and Frank Thomas. He's probably going to stay there for that. But in terms of play-by-play for Fox to step in for, with, Joe, with uh, John Smoltz, Adam Amin is a name, and then Joe Davis. Joe Davis, I'd say, is more likely. He's the likeliest in terms of in-house candidates uh, because – he was the second guy under Joe Buck. I think he replaced Joe Buck for one of the NLCS games in 2020 when Buck had to call a football game. Uh, so he seems like the most likely candidate that they'll promote. Adam and me, I don't, I don't understand why they do that. No disrespect to him. I don't know a whole much, uh, like a lot about if he's even calling regular season. Uh, baseball games I can I mean like in terms of like local regular season games so is he like fully committed I want someone who's fully committed to these games calling games all year so like like Joe Davis is uh, let's see it says he's the play-by-play announcer Amin is to for the Bulls so I don't think he calls play-by-play like every night for a major league team. Now you could say, well, okay, so there's no, there's no bias there. Yeah, but I mean, I'd, I'd just rather have someone that's fully invested in the baseball. And I'm not saying that he's not. He's just doing his job, which is basketball. But I'd rather have someone, even though Joe Davis is the Dodger announcer, if you're picking between those two guys, I'd rather have Joe Davis. If you're picking between anyone, I'd have Don Orsillo. Uh, I think Matt Vaskurgeon would be a good option, but – um, he's at MLB Network. He does Angels games as well. He stepped down, or no, I think ESPN just removed him from Sunday Night Baseball, and now it's Carl Ravage in there. Uh, he got promoted. Michael K and A-Rod will do their K-Rod broadcast, which I'll probably end up watching instead of the play-by-play. I'm not a huge fan of Ravage calling games. Uh, but in terms of Fox, Joe Buck, no, 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 no more Joe Buck, which is good news for me and probably a lot of other guys. Uh, but Don Arcillo, he's the guy that I would put in the World Series on on Fox. Look, there's people that say he works for TBS and he does TBS playoff games with Jeff Francoeur. I understand that. But he also works for Valley Sports, and he, which used to be Fox Sports San Diego when he first got here. And he does Fox games during the regular season. Like those big Fox games, the second biggest, I think, of the weekend, uh, late in the year, he does those games. And that's why Jesse Agler uh, moves over to Padres play-by-play on the TV side. And I think Scanlon was doing radio uh, when Agler was on TV. So Don still, he does national games for Fox. So the notion that 
he does TBS. He can't do the World Series. I guess, I mean, look, he could do, I don't know what his contract is, but if I were him, I mean, I would be like, I'll do, I'll do TBS games. I'll do, I'll stick to my TBS contract, do the wild card series if they have one, do the divisional series. And, but that's all he has because Brian Anderson, the Brewers play by play guy, he does the NLCS or the championship series for whatever series they have. So he's like the TBS's number one guy. So if I were Don, I'd be like, I'm not even your one number one guy. I want to go try out for this Fox gig. I'm not saying they're giving him one or even considering him. He wasn't even mentioned in Andrew Marchand's uh, article for external candidates. I think John uh, Dan Schulman was on there uh, for ESPN. He used to do Sunday Night Baseball, I think. He does the Blue Jays. Who else was there? Uh, Matt Vasgersian was another one. So they had external candidates listed there that weren't Don. But obviously, being biased, I think Don's the best play-by-play, local play-by-play guy. He makes any night. It could be Padres, Diamondbacks in September, and it's 9-1. to He makes it entertaining with mud. He makes it entertaining on a postseason broadcast. You can tell that it's changed, like his, his voice, his tone a little bit, his seriousness obviously is higher um, on those national TV broadcasts because that's just the way it is. You're expected to be neutral on those broadcasts, uh, but he still has a personality and he gets my vote. So I know I spent a while on that, but look, these guys, Don and Mud, they're like a part of my extended family during baseball season. They're there every night, almost. Um, so them, Jesse, Tony, Scan, Annie, they're like the extended family during the Padres season when I'm not at the ballpark you know, when my family has season tickets and we're at the game. So they're like extended family. You know, you're sitting on the couch and they make you feel like you're a part of their, you know, you're just listening to their conversation. And so I'm passionate about that broadcasting, that media stuff, uh, because I see Don, I see Red Sox fans on Twitter all the time. They're saying, oh man, we had it so good. You know, Jerry Remy, rest in peace to him, by the way, and, and Don. I had Jared Carabas on uh, last year and he was gushing about Don Ursillo, you know, so it's not like it's only the Padres fans that like him. Everyone likes him, it seems like. So Don for World Series, let's get that petition out there, please. Um, at him, you know, with this clip or whatever. Uh, but let's move on here. Baseball news. Carlos Rodon signed earlier today. Two years, $44 million with the San Francisco Giants and out an opt-out after one year. That was the first big signing since the lockout ended in terms of like free agency, you know, being able to happen. Two years, $44 million. I was kind of surprised he took that short of a deal. Maybe that's the highest AAV he got. But to have an opt-out after one year when it seemed like he had like his best year last year, that was kind of weird to me, but maybe he just that's what he wanted. Maybe he just wanted to max out on those years, and he's confident that he's in his prime and he can extend this short couple-year contract with high AAV, AAV into a longer contract, and that's just the way that the money worked where he could get he could max out on the money on this contract and then get more money on a next contract, you know? So maybe that was his thinking, but that makes the Giants' rotation a lot better. You know, uh, Alex Wood, Alex Cobb, 
Anthony DeSclafani, Logan Webb obviously pitched amazing last postseason for the Giants. So uh, that definitely doesn't help the Padres. And then you add that to Clayton Kershaw going back to the Dodgers today on a one-year deal, I think $17 million pending a physical. So that wasn't surprising. But again, I know, I mean, I love this from Padre fans. And when that deal was happening, everyone was quote trading the Rosenthal tweet, you know, with a video of Tatis or Kim or someone like that taking Kershaw deep, Grisham taking Kershaw deep. Um, so that was funny. But at the same time, it's still Clayton Kershaw. He's still a Hall of Fame pitcher. You'd rather him not be in the NL West. You'd rather him be on the Texas Rangers. Like, it seemed like he was at least still opening that possibility, too. Um, but the Rangers, obviously, they went with John Gray before the lockout. They spent, what, a lot of money, $325 million on Corey Seager, which was a severe overpay. Dodgers are like, okay, you can have him if you want to give him a Stanton-sized contract. Uh, they brought Marcus Semyon in on a long deal as well, so uh, Cole Calhoun as well. So they've made moves. they spent a lot of money, and I'm not sure that they're all in on this year uh, because they're just not ready in, in my eyes. You know, when they're ready is when, like, Jack Leiter comes up and they have him on a cheaper contract. And, you know, they, they, I mean, they did just trade Joey Gallo. So are they, did they really care about winning this year? I don't think so. And Kershaw, he's a Dodger. He's going to retire a Dodger like Adam Wainwright, Yadi Molina. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like meant to be. It's, it's, I feel like Jansen's going to go back there as well. We'll see. But just the bottom line, it sucks that Rodon's in the division now. Improves the Giants rotation. It sucks. Kershaw is still in the division. Uh, Trevor Bauer, Kershaw's teammate. Maybe he would, Kershaw was just waiting for Bauer to be placed on administrative leave. Uh, I saw that floated around today on Twitter. Because Bauer is now not able to report to spring training through at least March 19th. Basically, baseball still talking about if they should suspend him or not. Uh, so we'll see where that ends up. Um, but right now, the Dodgers still have work, I think, pitching-wise to do. Uh, but the Pod, unlike the Padres, really, I mean, the Nick Martinez deal seems like it was supposed to already be happening, pending a physical. So maybe they just haven't had Nick, Nick Martinez in the building yet. Uh, because I'm surprised that deal hasn't happened. I mean, that they already had agreed to a four-year, $20 million contract before the lockout. And it's over 24 hours since the lockout officially ended for GMs terms of being able to go sign guys now and they haven't been able to finish that deal according to twitter according to reports that i've seen so we'll see kevin ac said on extra 1360 this morning that that deal's done but we haven't had an official announcement about that but in terms of padres starting pitching they don't have to do as much as the dodgers i don't even think they're going to do anything else starting pitching wise before um you know spring training games start now next week which we'll get into shortly uh, the Dodgers do need work. They need to replace uh, Bauer still. They need to replace Scherzer, which is obviously irreplaceable. There's no one who's as good as Scherzer available still on the market. I mean, Stroman's gone, and he wasn't even as good as him. He's with the Cubs, which was a weird move. Uh, they, The Cubs brought in Andrelton Simmons on a one-year deal. Uh, so Yankee fans I saw were really happy that the, you know Brian Cashman doesn't even have the opportunity now to have that bridge shortstop uh, for, you know, 
Anthony Volpe. I think Yankee fans want Trevor Story or Carlos Correa. So we'll see what happens there. Maybe Correa takes a short-term deal and then signs a longer-term deal when he's like the only big shortstop on the market because there's a bunch you know, buys went to the Tigers. There were there were like five shortstops at the beginning of this offseason that were available. Um, and there were there are still a few left. Trevor Story is one, Carlos Correa is another. So we'll see where they end up. Uh, but Simmons was one of the bigger moves. I mean well, one of the one of the big name moves, not a bigger move. Simmons, I don't know how much impact he's really gonna give. It's a one year deal like Freddie Galvis, like uh, Freddie Galvis was with the Padres. So um, we'll see what impact he has with the Cubs, but there were like three big moves so far. Simmons to the Cubs, Rodon to the Giants, and Kershaw to the, to the uh, Dodgers. Bauer on administrative leave. I mean, if Major League Baseball doesn't suspend that guy, what the heck are they thinking? I mean, you're just going to let him waltz back into the Dodger clubhouse with his video camera. Uh, I'm so, look at me, look at me. Such a big ego, just so self-centered. My goodness. Thank God the Padres didn't sign that guy. Jeez, uh, what a tool. Anyway, you can tell that I don't like Bauer. Um, but now going to the spring training schedule, which is what I want to get to now. Spring training schedule was announced. Uh, 18 games in 19 days, first games against Seattle. There's only one off day, like I mentioned. Once those games do start. First game uh, of spring training for the Padres next Friday. So I'll share my screen for the YouTube audience again so you can view the entire schedule. Here it is uh, for the NL West teams, all of for anyone that can see this. They got Seattle on the 18th and then at Chicago, at Milwaukee, host Colorado, at Cleveland host the Angels, an off day, their only off day. And then at Dodgers, hosting the Cubs, hosting the Guardians, hosting or at Chicago, the White Sox, at the Giants, hosting Milwaukee, at Arizona, at Salt River Fields, uh, hosting Kansas City, at Goodyear for Cincinnati, uh, in Mesa, I believe, for Oakland, at Texas, and then they end their uh, spring training slate on April 5th, hosting Chicago White Sox, who they will end the regular season. Or well, no, they won't because they're gonna they're gonna have an additional three games there. But they were supposed to end their schedule, their regular season schedule. They were supposed to end that with Chicago White Sox. Uh, so we'll see that schedule, how that shakes out, the end of that schedule has not been finalized yet as of this recording at 7.44 p.m. Pacific time. So we'll see where the double headers are. We'll see where, you know, if it's in fact, if it's the Giants that are added for another series and there's a double header there, because I think it was supposed to be a four game series at Petco to open the, ser- the season up starting March 31st, but obviously pitch- pushed back the home opener, at least to April 14th against the Braves. There are adjusted start times to that as well. I believe they play Sunday night baseball on that Sunday at 4.08 p.m. East, uh, Pacific time on ESPN, ESPN2 maybe. Maybe Michael Kay and Alex Rodriguez are doing a, show, uh, a broadcast there. They're not broadcasting every Sunday night game 
It's but the new Sunday Night Baseball crew: Eduardo Perez, David Cohn, Carl Ravage. I like David Cohn. I like Eduardo Perez a little bit, but uh, I mean, I guess it's a welcome change. A Rod's just not wasn't great in the booth. Um, I liked Matt Vasquezian more than people liked. Former uh, guest on the podcast, hoping to get him on again this year, uh, but. I liked I liked Max Vasquez. He, uh, yeah, people can get on him for getting too excited about. Oh, there's a ground ball to third base. Rafael Devers fields it and throws it over to first. Uh, maybe they get too excited about that. He gets too excited about that and all that, or just like a lot of national broadcasts. Oh, you're too homer for the Yankees or whatever. He's just being excited. I remember an Aaron Judge three homer game or something earlier. Uh, what was it? 2020, I think. And he was all excited and people got pissed off at him about that. But he's just being excited. Uh, so I, I, I like Graskirjian more than most people, former Padre broadcaster. Maybe that's why. Who knows? Um, but as for spring training, that is the schedule. It seems like Padres radio will be there every game like they were last year. Uh, it's not clear the Valley Sports San Diego schedules from Bud and Don for anyone wondering, and, you know, at least from at the time of this recording. But that is the Padres spring training schedule. Again, a week from tonight, they will kick off their spring training slate, 18 games in 19 days. All right, next thing, Kevin Acey, interesting. He did a Q&A, a quick interview on the backfields, between the backfields earlier today in Peoria. To, uh, Bob Melvin was his guest. He put this out in the UT earlier today. For anyone that did not see it, I'm going to go over what he said, some of the things that the main points that Bob Melvin talked about. This was kind of the first time that he was talking to any media member publicly about the roster, really, because of the whole lockout. You know, he could talk about it, you know, at the uh, at his intro press conference, but that's not the same because there were still moves that were made from then to before the lockout happened uh, that he could address and maybe some different health things that AC asked him Uh, again, Kevin AC, by the way, went on the show last week. You can go look at that YouTube, watch it, listen on Apple podcasts, Spotify. Um, But for the highlights that Kevin asked Bob about uh, Bob said, adding an outfielder or two was quote, probably what we talked about the most before the lockout end quote. In terms of, so he's referring to his conversations, I assume, with AJ in the front office and the coaching staff, what they want to do. And so, what that tells me, top priority, like I've said multiple times, adding that power bat outfielder. Is it Saya Suzuki, which we'll get to? Maybe some positive developments that just happened uh, today regarding him. Uh, is it going to be Chris Bryant? Is it going to be Nick Castellanos? Looks like the Marlins have dropped out of the Castellanos race especially with Jeter gone, doesn't look like they're willing to spend as much money anymore based on after lockout and all that. So we'll see who that power outfield bat is, but it seems like that is a priority. Adding an outfielder or two uh, power outfield bat. I don't think one is enough. I think they do need two. But in terms of the everyday outfield bat, it's one. And then maybe I'm high on Andrew McCutcheon. I think Andrew McCutcheon would be a great fourth outfielder. He had 27 home runs last year. So that's sneaky for a veteran outfielder. People say, you know, he hasn't been able to stay healthy and all that. 
but really who has on the Padres roster. I'm willing to take that bet, and they could still bring back Pham if he's willing to accept even a smaller deal. And maybe Kutch wants to go to really try to go win a World Series, and he's like, dude, I'll take a one-year deal, a one-year, four- or five-million-dollar deal. Give it to me. Let me. Let's go. You know, so who knows? We'll see. And that competitive balance tax threshold increased $20 million from last year. So do they spend some of that on uh, McCutcheon there? And then they spend it on Cruz for the DH and Suzuki. Maybe I don't think they'd have enough money just that way. But again, Hosmer trades a possibility, a low possibility, in my opinion, because of how small amount of time there is just to get a deal done. But we'll see where that, ha- you know, where that goes. And if the Padres do go past that, Seidler isn't afraid, but they went over it last year. So if the Padres and Peter Seidler and AJ and Ron Fowler, they end up going over the luxury tax again this year, that's a 30% tax. So maybe that comes in their mind or maybe it doesn't. They think that they'll just make it up in ticket sales and um, and because it is going to be 162 games, make it up in, uh, you know, Jersey sales when they get Castellanos or something. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but it's going to be interesting. Stay tuned at Talking Friars, Twitter and Instagram, to the podcast for any updates. Uh, another thing, Q&A with Bob Melvin that Kevin Acey did. Melvin said that Caratini might get the majority of left-hander at-bats, which is interesting. Um, you think Austin Nola is like the primary catcher? Oh, at the same time, as we saw last year, Musgrove had a lot of success as, with Caratini as the uh, as his personal catcher, and I believe Snell liked Caratini, Darvish liked Caratini, so they like Caratini there. And I don't think Caratini's good enough to have him as, uh, or excuse me, if Caratini's catching, I don't think they'd have Nola as the DH. So I think it would be one or the other. Maybe have Alfaro there, worst case scenario. But they, I think the Padres are going to want to get a real DH. Nelson Cruz, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, whoever it is, I think they're going to want to get a real DH. So I don't think they're going to be doing the whole catcher thing and have campus on a DH or whatever. Um, so we'll see where that goes, obviously. It's a lot of we'll sees because we're just kind of starting this free agent frenzy window. Um, but Caratini getting the majority of left-handed at-bats, it was surprising right when I first read it, but it's not really surprising to me um, because that's who he has success off of. And most of the Padres pitchers, it seems like, are comfortable with him behind the plate. So as long as, as that's happening, really, I mean, I'm good. You know, I know that that it's not great if you're going to say we're just going to say put Caratini and then Hosmer. You know, just say, we'll get what you can get out of them offensively. But I think we'll be way more willing to say that if all of a sudden Chris Bryant or, say, a Suzuki or Castellanos or, and Nelson Cruz or Jorge Soler or someone like that is in a Padre uniform in that lineup to make up for some of that. So I think uh, it's not that big of a deal, I think, that Caratini, at least right now, seems like he'd get most of the left, uh, left-handed pitcher at best. Uh, we discussed Kershaw, uh, but back to the Q&A. Melvin also talked about Denelson Lamette, and I don't – so he was he was leaning – it seemed like he's leaning towards Lamette being a reliever, and that's what they're going to count on him to be. 
definitely not a starter. Maybe they'll try that, uh, but that's definitely not what they're banking on, it seems like. Melvin said he envisions Lamette as a, quote, wipeout reliever, end quote, one-inning type guy, and I agree with that. Just let it go eat. I think there's been discussions about Paddock doing that if he doesn't make the rotation. Um, I still don't want to give up on him, you know, with the whole Ruben Niebla thing. Don't give up on him yet. Same with Gore. So, and Weathers, to be quite honest, more hone as well. But I think Lamette, that would, that's good. Right now, as on paper, I think Lamette won't, he wouldn't even make the rotation anyway. So I think the bullpen is his only choice, really. And so if you can, if you can really maximize, give it his all on those one inning opportunities, yeah, I'm all in on that. Yeah, give me, sign me up. Uh, let's see. The last little tidbit I wanted to talk about this Q&A, he said Eric Hosmer, he talked to Eric Hosmer Thursday, I believe, uh, and he's been hitting off live pitching, and he's, quote, very motivated, end quote. Uh, he just wants to win, and he's willing to do whatever. That's pretty much what uh, Melvin told AC. And not surprising, not going to take anything from Hosmer saying he's very motivated. You think he should have been very motivated last year. When they were in, you know, looked like they're going into the year, they were prime contenders for a World Series. He usually starts out great like he did in 2020. I think he did last year as well. And then he goes back to striking out, grounding it to second base, uh, staying on his front foot too much, which he was alluding to in a podcast recently with Brian O'Grady. So he's looking to be less handsy, I guess, with the swing, stay more on the back foot and use his legs. So we'll see where that goes. Um, obviously, a lot of Padre fans want to trade, and I don't think that's going to happen just because of the moves, the priorities that they need to prioritize higher than getting rid of Hosmer. They just need to fill out the roster at this point. You need 26 guys. They don't have that. They need a, uh, a power rating outfielder. They need another bench outfielder. Profar is not a starting outfielder. Sorry, he's not. Two months was 2020. 2021, we saw him kind of come back to earth under contract for two more years, I believe, still, including this year. Uh, Kim is going to be at second base, you'd think, uh, as a defensive replacement, maybe. I don't think he's an everyday starter in unless he turns it around. He did look jacked in a picture I saw earlier this offseason. Uh, but they need a power rating outfielder. need a, hopefully a power rating outfielder uh, as a bench bat as well. Don't need a Jake Marisnik coming in here, you know, uh, if you get what I mean there. And obviously you think that they go out and get a DH, power hitting DH. So they need to fill out their roster. They have three outfielders on the 40-man right now, including Profar, and he's not a consistent starting outfielder. So they just need to fill out the roster before getting rid of Hosmer or even trying to get rid of Hosmer. I mean, maybe they're doing that at the same time, just having discussions, but they need their focus needs to be on filling out the roster. That's the focus. You can help uh, compensate for Hosmer's low numbers and all that by bringing in a 30, 40 home run guy. So we'll see where that goes. Obviously it's again, it's a lot of world seeds, but uh, that Hosmer trade, everyone you know, is clamoring for. I think I, I don't see that happening. I, I think that's not their highest priority. Uh, we talked about Kershaw going back to the Dodgers, Andrew Lynn Simmons, the Cubs. Uh, last, oh, no, 
couple more things here. 6.34 p.m. Pacific time, so a little more than an hour ago, uh, as, as of this recording. You, Darvish, I'll share my screen for this picture for anyone who did not see this for the YouTube audience. You, Darvish, posted a picture on Twitter uh, of him and Seiya Suzuki. See, I have that gif. That's what I'm talking about. Being excited there. Here's the picture. You, Darvish. With Seiya Suzuki, seems like maybe it's in L.A., maybe it's in Arizona. Uh, Darvish in a Padre hat. Seems like they're meeting, and maybe this was their recruiting pitch. Maybe Preller was taking this picture. Maybe it was Preller was just standing there in the background, you know, in his basketball shorts and his, and his shirt. Who knows? Uh, but it looks like Suzuki has been is being courted by a lot of teams, including the Dodgers. So we'll see again. We'll, we'll see. That's the key to this episode, really. We'll see uh, if he ends up here. Kevin Acey said on the podcast to me yes, or last week that it, the Padres view it as an excellent outcome if Suzuki ends up being a Padre. Um, he did say that he thinks that the Giants are where Suzuki wants to go most or like his number one target or whatever. Uh, but that might change with this Darvish meeting. And Darvis captioned it, new Padre, with a kind of joking around emoji with question marks. So he's recruiting Seiya Suzuki. That is big. Uh, great news if you're a Padre fan that Darvish is doing the work. And if they miss out on him, it's got to be like, it's going to kind of be like Otani. They tried, and that's all you can do. So we'll see. I think he was probably going to command four or five years, $12, $15 million range per year. We'll see where it goes. We'll see if that's actually what happens. He is worth that, according to Fangraphs, in our uh, episode that I did earlier this offseason that you can go check out. So, Darvish is doing his part trying to bring Suzuki that power outfield bat. One of those power outfield bat Padres need to San Diego. We'll see. I'm, I want Chris, Chris Bryant out of any remaining free agent. That's my number one guy. Uh, but I would not be bad about Suzuki. I'd be happy. So we'll see. Big power bat. He out hit like his whole team, I think, last year in home runs in Japan or whatever. So power bat is there, can play all uh, left and right field. DH probably, obviously. Um, so a little bit of positional versatility, at least in the outfield. So we'll see about him. But Darvish Potters are doing their part, it looks like, on recruiting Say Suzuki. Let me check Twitter to see if a move has happened. Nope. Okay. Just kind of, you're just waiting. I'm waiting pins and needles. Just, my goodness, just waiting for moves to happen. Moves could happen tonight. Freddie Freeman looks like he has a multi-year offer from the Dodgers, according to J.P. Morosi of MLB Network, MLB.com. And Freeman could come to a decision within the next 24 hours so. We'll see again with that. But that's the latest update on Freeman. And that's really the episode. I mentioned this is uh, sponsored by Gaglione Bros, Cheesesteaks and Subs. Go hit them up uh, to get yourself some good garlic fries and cheesesteaks. Episode 122 here. We'll see. Maybe by this time you're seeing this episode, a move has happened. And I'll do a live reaction episode or a live reaction video or whatever. But this is your update. Update on Gore, update on Bauer, Kershaw, Simmons, the whole MLB announcer stuff. Buck no longer with Fox. Don Arcillo 
for World Series. Let's get him doing that. Um, AC, that Q&A with Melvin. Covered a lot of things here. Episode 122. Have a good night. See ya.